0: Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the Chris The Chris Voss Show.com. Welcome to the big show, the circus tent in the sky, my friends, where you invite the greatest minds, the most brilliant people, the most intelligent authors, CEOs, billionaires, astronauts. God, who else are we on the show? Governors. Uh, let's see, U.S. Ambassador. I think I said that and something else. But as you can tell, none of those people that are intelligent are me. So that's why we have guests on the show. We have a brilliant mind on the show. His mind is so brilliant that he's going to come here and you're going to listen to the show and you're going to have a glow that's going to be about you all day. It's going to be like an accented aura where you walk around and people will be like, Holy shit, you're more intelligent than you've ever been today. And for some of you, that may be a stretch, especially me. Anyway, guys, uh, we'll be talking to him on the show. He has amazing book. Uh, but in the meantime, as always, we cannot do or forget the plugs because the plugs are so integratable to the show. You know, I was listening to the Sam, I think it was the Sam Harris show the other day, and uh, he charges like $8 a month for his show If you listen to the podcast. We don't charge anything. So this gives me the point of reference to be able to shame you and guilt you, you and to please go give the show five stars on iTunes and refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. It's real easy and it's free too, as well. YouTube.com forward says Chris goodreads.com forward says Chris LinkedIn. The big LinkedIn newsletter is pretty cool too, man. That thing grows by a couple hundred people every day. It's freaking insane. Uh, anyway, uh, to get to the most important part part important part of our show, it's Monday, people. I can't say important. We have Yuri Ganesi on the show. He is the author of the hottest new book out on business and uh, everything else, uh, Mindset, and uh, well, we'll, get, we'll we'll ask him what the hell is going on with this book. Uh, the new book is called Mixed Signals, How Incentives Really Work. Came out March 21st, 2023, hot off the presses. You can order it steal steaming from wherever fine books are sold. Yuri Ganesi is on the show with us today, and we're really excited if you can't tell the to uh, have him on. Can you tell that I'm excited? I am excited. My nipples are hard right now. Uh, Yuri is the Epstein Atkinson and down Chair of uh, Behavioral Economics and Professor at the Rady School of Management at the University of California, San Diego. See, I told you he was smart. He received a BA in Economics at Tel Aviv University and PhD in Economics at Tilburg University. He joined UC San Diego in 2006. Prior to that, he's a professor at the University of Chicago. Chicago Chicago, uh, I'm I'm suddenly hungry for pizza, uh, the Technion and the University of Haifa, 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 uh, I'm just going to run with that, uh, he was a visiting scholar at the University of Amsterdam, I hmm, have some questions there, NHH Bergen and Burgundy School of Business, welcome to the show, Yuri, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you. Great to be here. I hope we're not going to talk about my mythos, but other than that, I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. So uh, give us the .coms, wherever you want people to get to know you better on the interwebs, maybe stalk you a little bit there.
1: Just, so I'm not that much on social media, but uh, you can definitely Google my name, find my webpage, and I'm always happy to receive emails from people.
0: (laughs) There you go. Is this your first book? I imagine you've written some other ones, right?
1: It's my second one. I have one with John List that was published ten years ago.
0: There you go. So, what motivated you want to write this current book?
1: So, I'm 55, and you know, at this age, you can you need to, to make a change. You need to make life interesting. So, I could have had you know a new red Ferrari, maybe, or marry a 25 year old. This sounds, you know, it's not for me. So, I tried to write a book and try to spread the word you know, about what I'm doing.
0: There you go. So give us a 30,000-foot overview of what the book Mixed Signals, How Incentives Really Work, is about.
1: We're all driven by incentives. Whether we know it or not, incentives are motivating us. And, you know, so I'm here. I'm trying to sell my book. You are trying to sell your podcast. Your listeners trying to become smarter, whatever, entertain. We all have some kind of incentive to do it. And one thing that many people ignore when they design incentives is the signal that they send. When you give someone incentives, you send a signal about what's going on. And that's really, this signal is what I'm studying, to see how you can improve the way incentives work by actually understanding the signals and managing them.
0: Now, is the book largely in a business format or is it also incentives like, I don't know, maybe how to get your kids to clean their room?
1: The last one is hard, you know. I have three kids. I I was never successful yeah. with that. But yes, that's
0: why that's, I set mine up for adoption. It's
1: definitely not just business. We have incentives everywhere we go, right? It's definitely not just the business world. So if you are
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you employ people and you want to incentivize, clearly that's for you. But also, if you're just interested in why you know some things happen in the world, you look at the news, you see someone getting half a million dollar uh, vacation paid by someone. Someone else, how does this influence their decision?
0: Those are the kind of things that we discuss. There you go. So you get into behavioral economics, game theory, psychology, and field work. Jesus, the CEO, my, uh, basically my incentives were like, do your shit or I'll fire you. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't that mean. I wasn't like that, folks. Although a couple employees I might have been with, uh, don't quote me. Anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, what what, what are incentives? I mean, when we, when we, you, you mentioned that we all live, you know, for incentives, like, you know, I mean, you know, as a young man, I, I did everything possible to, to gain the favor of, of, uh, women that would be interested in me, you know, fast cars, money, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, is that, is that kind of what you talk about in this book a little bit?
1: That's definitely incentives, right? So that's, yeah. that's absolutely incentives. That's the, definition, the, the boring definition is something that will make you do to make it, to act in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Right. That's mm-hmm. the. That's the. So if you have sponsors that you that you talk about, you wouldn't have talked about them if they weren't paying you something, right? Mm-hmm. So all all of this good stuff. That's uh, something that will make you change your ways. Now mm. it could be for to buy my stuff, or it could be incentives to exercise more. So if you are, uh, you go to the doctor and the doctor can offer you some kind of incentives to to exercise more. That's also incentive.
0: Mm so you call the book mixed signals why and I noticed on the cover of the book you have green yellow and red and what's interesting about that is the green is in the form of stop sign the yellow is in the I think the signal of what would normally be green and I'm and I think the uh, red uh, uh, triangle is in you know stop or slow or slow slow down or something right. I'm not sure if I have that correctly. Is my interpretation yes, that right? Exactly. What does that mean?
1: So the idea is that, like I said, that the incentives send signals. And if the signal is not aligned with what you want to, to have, that's, that's a problem. So if you tell your people, look, I really want you to concentrate on quality, but then you incentivize them to, for quantity to, do, to make more, then quality is going to suffer, and you need to understand this. If you tell people you need to be creative, right and being creative means that sometimes you're going to fail you're increasing the variance you are you're more likely to produce very good shows let's say let's stay with you or papers in my case but you're also more likely to fail to do something that will just bump Mm -hmm. right so if you have the same people that all other podcasts have on it's going to be safe but if you try to find interesting people some of them are going to be much better some of them are going to be worse now if you're going to be punished for the failure You'll go with the first one. You'll take, pe- you know, you'll take the more the safer options, safer uh, people to talk with. But mm-hmm. if you'll be said, look, you try. It turns out that this guy looks interesting, but he's really boring. That's fine. Let's move on. That that would encourage you to actually look for more. But if my incentives is firing you or punishing you or not giving you a bonus if if sometimes you fail, that's bad, right? I would rather listen to a podcast in which sometimes you have brilliant people and sometimes it doesn't work. I
0: can just move on. Right? There you go. Yeah, some people do that with my comedy on the show. Sometimes the jokes kill and sometimes they die. And then I, I right. just kind of always hope that if they die, that they're still funny. That If I die, then, then they kill. Uh, and there's really art to it when you really study comedy. But uh, yep, some yep. people are good at dying and then they, and that, and they kill with it. But uh, I think most of my honest just thinks I'm funny because I'm stupid. So there's that. Um.
1: You, have to work with, <laughs> you know, with your... With your hand.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They tolerate me. Um, so anyway, uh, so uh, give us some examples. What's an example of an incentive that maybe goes wrong?
1: So let me tell you a story. Imagine that you live in a cold place. In the morning, you see your neighbor going to the recycle center with a large bag of soda cans. Mm. What are you going to think about her?
0: Um, she drinks a lot of Mountain Dew.
1: That's one thing. And she's a great person also, no? Uh, about the
0: yeah, sure. Recycling yeah, she, you know, up in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she could have thrown it to the trash. She is trying. Mm. She might think the same about herself, right? Oh, I'm a great person. I could have just, thrown. Now, imagine that uh, you live in a place where they give you five cents for, for each soda can.
0: Probably. Again, yeah.
1: Again, you see her walking in the morning to the recycle center with hundred soda cans. Now you're going to say, oh, she is cheap, right? For $5. Really?
2: Ah, she yeah. might
1: think that about herself, right? She might change their view. So what we did, we just added incentives that, in principle, if you're an economist, you would say everything else should be the same, and now you're also giving her $5. What can go wrong? Well, the signal that you're sending goes wrong.
0: Hmm. And it, it goes wrong. In, uh, give it to me again. And It goes wrong in what way?
1: It goes wrong that instead of thinking, oh, she's a great person, now you think she's, a, she's actually a cheap person. Ah so you can interpretation you you view you you don't really know her well enough you try to interpret who she is by by looking
0: at her actions there you go this reminds me of the rush album signals um so you know you talk about something like visible tattoos and hell's angels uh and and sometimes why they get uh tattoos on their neck etc etc talk to us a little about what that signals
1: so the story goes with it. I started thinking about it with my accountant. He's a nice guy, but you know, being an accountant in April, is, it's hell, right? You see one more. So I asked him what drives him. And he showed me a picture on the wall with, you know, with him on his bike. Now, him and his buddies go on a bike tour in June. Everything is great. He gets all the gear, right? It's, he has money, he can buy the jacket, he can buy everything. But when they'll enter the bar, you'll know that they are not the real deal because they will not have tattoos. Mm -hmm. so if you are the real deal you'll go and have you know these big neck tattoos that show that that's a commitment why because you can't if my accountant would have a neck tattoo and i'll show up in his office with the neck tattoo i'll be scared Mm. i don't want uh, you know uh, that kind of person maybe to to run my stuff i maybe won't have problem with this but his bosses will not like it Right? So that's why yeah. it's really credible. If you go for the neck tattoos, you go for all these kind of credible signals, that, that means, look, I'm the real deal. I'm not just doing yeah. it on my spring break.
0: I'm owning it. Is that, exactly. is that psychologically typical of people that use tattoos? They're, they're using it for signaling?
1: I think so, right? So think about um, why you do it. You really want to show... Again, I can tell you, look, I'm a funny guy. I, I do stand-up. I can, do the, I can tell you many things. It's very cheap. Mm-hmm. Like saying, but once you have a tattoo, that's, that's a commitment. There you go. I, that's why it's a valuable signal. Me just telling you, look, I, I'm uh, whatever is very cheap. If I go and send a very, a very costly signal... That's important. And the same, you can think about going to college. That's also a signal. Even if you don't learn anything, the fact that you were able to finish college, that's a signal that whatever, you have certain IQ, you have a certain determination. Think about going to being in the Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. Like imagine that I want to hire someone to work for me. And I know that that person was a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. The job I need him for has nothing to do with, uh, with being a Navy SEAL. But I do know that this guy is tough. Yeah. I won't be able to stay in the water four hours in the cold water over here, right? Yes, he he Some that's a kind of very costly signals.
0: There you go. Uh, so, what are some other examples of signals that people use in everyday life or or something? Uh, can you give us kind of a run through maybe of some that so, come off so the top think of your about,
1: head? about this podcast, right? So, mm-hmm. imagine that um, we would talk about how much money you're paying me, mm-hmm. right? So, You can think about this as you'll pay me, I don't know, $10,000 for being on your show Mm -hmm. because you want interesting people, and I'm clearly very interesting. Or I can pay you $10,000 because I want to be on the show. I want to sell books, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Or something else, right? Each one of them will have a very different interpretation of the situation. If you would have paid me, you would have looked at it very differently than if I would have paid you to be right? And and the same goes for everything. You mentioned at the, the start that your colleague is charging $8 a month for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, if he's boring, his listeners are going to be more pissed at him than with you, right? So That's you expect something different, right? Mm-hmm. So he cannot come and say, oh, it's Monday morning, I'm still waking up, right? And you'll have to be maybe more, although I guess it's part of the charm. but uh,
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so uh, are we always signaling in life when we go through life? Like I make Facebook posts that like, say, don't tread on me. Don't screw with me. Um, you know, is that signaling when we use social media to post stuff? Like, you know, we're posting, you know, we're eating for breakfast in the morning and posting our vacations on social media. Is social media a form of signaling?
1: Uh, I think so. It's a very strong form of signaling that I completely don't understand, right? So I don't understand (laughs) the young people. I feel really old, but, you know, people that just, when they get the food, they just take pictures of the food. Why would someone want to see your breakfast? I have no clue. I don't understand it. But yes, it is signaling. Look, I'm having a good time. I'm so successful that I can go to whatever, to a wide location. I'm. And everyone is happy in these, right? The, the stuff that they're making at least happy faces, right? So it's it's kind of signaling, look, everything is great with me.
0: Yeah, I share I share my really nice food, like if it's a really nice burger or something. I, if it's really if it's really a nice meal, you know, I'm out at a nice restaurant and stuff, I'll share it. But I usually I, I do it because I'm a narcissistic uh, sadist, um, and uh, th- I usually don't share it until like about ten o'clock at night when people are climbing into bed. And uh, they're going to see like a nice slice of pie or a nice burger and they're going to fall off their diet. And so basically it's sharing the misery loves company concept of like, if I have to be fat and have my diet ruined, you're going to uh, share in the misery with me. So that's my plan. That's really well, what I'm Well, I guess do.
1: that's part of the why people like you, right? You have a certain kind of people. So I'll be very happy to see because I'm, you know, I also need a diet. And if I say that you were first in me, you know, that makes me happy that well you know if we
0: all see that we're all eating shitty food and getting fat and stuff then we you know we feel less shamed it's less shaming that goes on it's a kind of reverse shaming if you will yeah it's kind of like uh, you know people write me and be like how come you post that shit at 11 o'clock at night when i'm crawling in a bed you jerk and i'm like uh, that's the reason i post it when i'm exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> misery loves company is my policy that's
1: right right, right. and some am share sharing
0: have, that pie to different, make different
1: you People uh, get different stuff i smoke cigars for example right too many cigars wow. and they share it and i'm sure that 95 percent of the people that i know think that i'm an idiot for doing this because i'm going to die from horrible death and the other five percent that are the people i care about so
0: yeah well you know i mean i mean who what was it burns who was the comedian uh george burns he lived till he was like ninety, smoking cigars. Um, so you know, hopefully, yeah, you got it's the good smart, It's not
1: smart to eat burgers like you or or me, or to smoke cigars. <laughs> it's not smart, but it's you know, yeah, it's
0: fine. yeah, that's why I'm kind of veganized now in my old age. My body's like, we're not doing this shit with you anymore. No more booze. No more eating badly, uh, and all that good stuff. So you know, we we go through life and. we signal who we are. You know, I learned this. Tell me if I'm interpreting the, the, your book correctly. We go through life sending out interpretations of who we are. Like there's that scene in fight club. Like, you know, the guy goes, Hey man, I, I had all the things. I had all the furniture. I had that couch forever. And, And we do a lot of things to signal, you know, what I need to do. Like one of the things I learned in advertising very early on, especially owning a modeling agency back in the day, was that when women look at advertisements, you know, like in Vogue or something, they see the beautiful woman who's in there and they they see the clothes and they want those clothes. And they're like, they see the woman, they go, Hey, how do I, how do I, where do I go to buy those clothes? Men, Look at the man in the background of most of those advertisements and go, How do I got a dress to signal to get that woman? And that's what a lot of men do. You know, the watches we buy, the clothes we wear, the cars we buy, we do that to signal kind of like a breeding sort of thing. And maybe you can equate this to nature when nature does that. I was watching a TikTok the other day and this bird was flapping his wings around a female to try and impress her for breeding. And so that's kind of like the signaling that we do, right? In uh, in telling people, hey, here I am, and maybe you want to mate with me or something, you know, stuff like that.
1: Right. So basically, the two of us gave up. We just have our black t-shirts. And we gave <laughs> we give up. Them a long time ago. Yeah. No, I think it's absolutely true, but it's, it's more than that. So I, even about myself, but definitely about others, I get signals. I see you now, I see your cap, I see your t-shirt, I see your background, and I build a story around this, right? I'm trying to to see who you are, right? I'm trying to guess who you are, and then you're telling me that you're too fat, then you're telling me that uh, you like to annoy people, you're saying that, you know, all these things, and I build a story around it. And the incentive is part of the story. The incentive tells me more about you than you might imagine.
0: There you go. And people go, Chris Voss is an asshole. No, I'm just kidding, people. I just you're have a uh, Yeah, there you go. I'm signaling again, right? Um, so, uh, this, this, this still, I don't know if you're ever a Rush fan, but there was an album they had called Signals. And I believe there's something on the album that refers to that, but this falls in line with some of the things we're still doing. Um, the, um, in business, how is, how is sending, uh, how is signaling and sending incentives? or incentivizing employees and stuff to work better. What, what are some different ways we can talk about that that you have in your book?
1: So think, for example, of uh, let's start with the top, a CEO, right? You want to hire a CEO and you tell that person, look, I really care for the long run. So I ask you to work hard and get our company in 10 years to where we go, right? But then you incentivize her based on quarterly earnings. What yeah. is she going to do, right? What is she going to think about? 10 years from now, or is she going to think about the next quarter, right? Think about our governor and, you know, any governor. Mm-hmm. So in, in California, we need maybe a fast train from San Diego all the way to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. If he'll go and invest in it now, he'll have to take resources from other places. Everyone will hate him for that. And 20, 30 years from now is when the train is going to run. He's going to be long gone by then,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So the same with the CEO or the governor or many other things. We tell them, look, we really want you to care about the, the long run, but then we give them incentives for the short run.
2: Yeah, that's
1: yeah. An so if I would have owned a company, if I would have been one of the billionaires that you're interviewing at my company, head to hire a CEO, I would tell that person, look, I'm not going to judge you based on the quarterly earnings. If you need to invest in new computer network, go for it. Mm-hmm. Make the investment now. I know that the quarterly earnings are going to go down, but I trust you to think about the long run.
0: There you go. You know, we had, I think it was Sam. I'd have to pull up the name, but we, I had a CEO on, uh, a major uh, company and he got really honest with me about how, um, about how one of the biggest problems with CEOs is they, they overturn about every, uh, four years or so. And so they don't really get a chance. We see the same thing with presidents and politicians. They don't really sometimes get a chance to, uh, uh, see the fruition of the visions and stuff that they outline and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad jay Sammet was on the show with us today in his book future proofing you and we talked about that and it was kind of interesting in my book beacons of leadership you know i, I use the reference of a uh, lighthouse that a leader signals through that lighthouse you know he signals his morals his intent his trust uh everything comes from that whether you're Leaders realize or not, and even even leadership as a parent, what you're signaling to your children and stuff of of who you truly are, and you can't bullshit people through that. You know, uh, you know, as a as a child, I grew up with my parents, and you know, sometimes they you know they were trying to do the right thing, but they would you know tell me stuff just to keep me in line, and I'd be like, yeah, but you don't do as you say, or do as you walk, or walk the talk, and so you know that's really important. This the signaling you send to people, and also. Uh, truth, trust, intent, uh, whether you're a hypocrite, whether you're true to your nature, et cetera, et cetera. I hope everything I always signal, uh, whether people like me or not, is authentic and straightforward, and people still get a sense of me, even though I'm an asshole.
1: <laughs> right. So, but we all do this. So, think about um, when my son turned three. And mm-hmm. that's, I love this age. Start communicating with you. Everything is good. And then they also start lying because that's what kids do. We told him, look, you shouldn't lie. You're only bad people lie. Took mm-hmm. him to Disney World. a Couple of months after his birthday, get to the cashier. We see that you know, under three, it's free. Over three-year-old, hundred and seventeen dollar. No hesitation. I said, this is almost three, which is you know, just from the wrong direction, right? So we're talking about this. Then you know, half an hour later, he pulled my hand and said, "Daddy, daddy, you told me that only bad people lie." And you know, oh. I, Busted on my bullshit, right? So uh, <laughs> it's very hard to to juggle everything, right?
0: Busted, yeah, busted. Exactly. There you go. And so this is important in aspect in business as it is in personal life, and really thinking about how, how we signal. So it, in writing the book, is your hope that to give us more thinking about who we are, what we're signaling, and the effect that that might have—good, bad, or evil.
1: Look, I, uh, everyone has their fun in life. For me, it's looking at incentives. What motivates people? How do they, what, why do we do what we do? And uh, I think that, that that's my goal. My goal is to try and share this, what, uh, what you think is fun. Right, mm-hmm. and understanding what, why do incentives go wrong. So many people tell me, many companies I try to work with tell me, oh, we tried incentives. It didn't work.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the analogy that I like is, imagine that you go to a bad Japanese restaurant and your conclusion is that Japanese food is bad. No, it's just you were unlucky with the restaurant. Same mm-hmm. is true for incentives. There are many ways of running the incentives, and if you don't do it well, that's uh, that's going to not to work. But if you do it well, you can get too much more. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: the- definitely. I mean, it it makes all the difference in the world. But you know, it's interesting. We like I say, social media is a big thing of signalers Where people are signaling all sorts of stuff. Um, you know. Uh, uh you know every everything goes into what we're doing we're kind of signaling i guess who we are in the workplace and uh incentivizing and trying to go uh different ways um what what's why would a bad in, uh a bad incentive might be worse than no incentives at all when we're trying to incentivize people
1: think about the wells fargo like that's already a decade ago i think but the CEO over there had a great idea. He said, "Let's uh, oh. let's give uh, people our workers incentive to, so if you have a bank account, also they have a credit card and eight other products, whatever they're selling. Yeah. And they gave huge incentives for this. And if you didn't meet it, they would fire you. So there mm-hmm. were thousands of people. At the end, they fired. If I remember correctly, like 5,000 workers. They had to fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They just came to the office in the morning, had their morning coffee, sat at their computer terminal, and just made up accounts, made up credit cards, and canceled them. Yeah. Right? So the incentive itself wasn't bad. You know, you want to have more, pay for it. But then you must have some kind of audit to make sure that they don't cheat. Yeah. That's not what you want, right? So in this case, it would have been much better not to give incentives to to create it. If you cannot find a way to balance it with some kind of audit, just don't do it.
0: Yeah, I remember back in the day one of my first uh, one of my first things I did when I was young before I really got my entrepreneur down is I worked for a company where we would sell industrial products uh, it was called car industries i think they're still around out of indiana and so we would sell like shop supplies welding uh, you know anything you needed in a shop and i remember working with um, uh, government agencies like city government agencies that go into their shops and sell that had my accounts and I remember working with them and it was funny. They, that was the first time I learned that these, these uh, companies would um, they would have budgets in city government or in go- any government, I think nowadays. Um, but they would have these budgets. They'd be given every year and every year when they would come to the end of the year on their budgets, they would call me up and say, Hey Chris, bring the catalog down. We need to buy a bunch of shit. Right. And I would come in and I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, it, see, there's this thing, Chris, where we have a budget we're given every wow. year. And if we don't spend all the money in the bid, but in the budget that year, they claw back right. that amount of money that's left over because we figure we don't need it. So we, know, just it. Of, yeah. we just gotta buy a bunch of yeah, just gotta buy a bunch of crap.
1: Right, 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 right. Here we go. That's a definitely bad incentive, right? So if you don't roll it over, so you know it's not. I have a research budget every year. Mm-hmm. If I don't spend it, it doesn't roll over to the next year. Guess what I'm doing? You know, just yeah. before the end of the year, I, yeah. buy, I buy stuff I don't need. Right? Yeah. Clearly, one incentive. Clearly, not the smart way of incentivizing.
0: Yeah, and then we wonder why governments, you know, and military budgets and different things get out of control, and yeah. you know what's that old line something it's about even food.
1: worse than that because if you don't use it next year they're going to reduce your budget also. yeah and your yeah. status in the company in the government is is you know very st- uh, strongly linked to how much budget you're controlling Yeah,
0: and they would just buy up like all stupid crap they would never buy and yeah. it's like hey, just give us that and i'm like you don't use this and they're like yeah well just just give it to us we have to we have to spend this money and we 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 really didn't spend enough this year, and so we've got to load it up. And I would see that across all my government things. I was just like, I was like, really crazy. here it's in, our
1: money, right? It's the taxpayer. Exactly.
0: Money. Here in here in Utah, they have a law or something where all the road construction crews have to all get jobs. It's like socialism or communism. Everybody has to get a job, and so they have to make it so that everybody who's a road construction crew gets work, you know, and, and part of the problem is in Utah, there's only a limited amount of time they can work on roads and, and do right. traffic work and stuff because of the snow. So you have a very small window of time. I don't know what it is six months, maybe nine, um, where you can do this work on the roads before snow comes and, you know, it's impossible to do any of this work. So everyone's got a cram and so it's like a big cram session and uh it's interesting you know just the amount of money that gets blown out for these things and, and stuff so there you go uh anything more you want to touch on about uh, uh sending signals mixed signals and what you hope people learn from your book
1: that like i said it incentive send signals and if you learn how to manage them if you learn that paying five cents for silicon is a bad idea so that paying um uh, your workers for quantity will get you lots of quantity with bad quality. Yeah. Just think about it before that. So in many cases you see that companies don't have what I like to call a common sense officer. So they have a CEO, CFO, all the good stuff, but not common sense. Right? So they <laughs> don't have someone over there who say, guys, are you stupid? And it's usually, you know, think about engineers, for example, mm-hmm. or economists for that matter, right? They are really good. They find a solution. They invest hundreds of millions of dollars in finding the solution. And then no one uses it because they don't have the common sense in many cases, in too many cases, right? So have someone with common sense that will tell you, look, guys, that's that's a bad idea, or look, here's how you can make it better.
0: Maybe that's what we maybe that's what we really need to have. We need to have common sense officers. I kinda like that idea. Because we have we have so much other things. We have inclusion officers and all yeah, this new yeah. things that are coming about. We need to have a common sense officer. We should start a
1: movement. Let's yeah.
0: Let's, Let's make that. it a thing because one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the things that that made me successful at being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur when I worked for other companies was being that common sense officer. Right. I'd walk into apartments and go, why do we do it this way? And people would say, I don't know, we always did it this way. Yeah, exactly.
1: We always did it. That's a good yeah. Right. Or they
0: would say to me, uh, well, I don't know, Chris, you told us to do it this way, so we do it this way. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm looking at it now and it seems kind of dumb. Like, this doesn't seem like it really works. And so...
1: By the way, that's a great uh, example of failing, right? So if you would be punished for having a bad idea, you would never say it was bad. You would keep pushing it. But you were fortunate enough to work in a place in which you said, maybe it was my idea, but it's still a dumb idea. Yeah. Let's do it better. That's the right way. That's the right incentive
0: that's the way i always worked i was always like uh you know there has to be a better way there's always something you can improve on and whatever you've innovated whenever you've made something better there's there's still a better way that you can make that better and uh that's that that was one of the cruxes of of what i uh was always doing with my business i was always looking you know like i always use the example like i when i was younger i i thought pretty much with paper clips everything you, know, you, you you built the perfect thing. Or Staples, you built the perfect thing. And then people came out with all these innovations. Well, you can paint them. Well, you can design them just a little bit differently. Well, you can put some edges on them so that they claw to the paper a little bit better. Um, you know, it, it seems like there's a never-ending cycle of anything that can be improved, kind of like Moore's Law, I suppose. And so um, it's great that people do that. But yeah, there needs to be common sense in, in companies where somebody goes, hey, you know what? Did somebody think this through? And I like your concept of where, you know, we should really look at incentives. You know, what's the good part about this? What is this going to motivate? Or how can this really backfire or demotivate sometimes maybe? People
1: are really creative at gaming incentives. If if you're not smart enough, so that's the second part of it maybe. Even if you Mm -hmm. come up with incentives that look good to you, look at data. Try Try it for a while before you make it a fixed feature of what you have, right? So
0: yeah. people are really creative at gaming incentives. There you go. There you go. Well, this has been really insightful, Yuri. It's been wonderful to have you on and brilliant insights and life and everything else. Um, and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, I love, I love the cover of the book too. how you have got the, the signals there. I'm going to have to go back to the rush album signals. Uh, there, you know, it was a great album that had uh, uh, subdivisions on that album. No, maybe that might've been another one, but the, uh, you know new world man there's a lot of great stuff on there but uh, i think you talked about signals in the album and so i have to go back to that i don't know why i'm I plugging like- rush albums at this point but i'm a big fan anyway thank you very much Yuri, for coming on give us your dot com so we can find you on the interwebs please
1: was a lot of fun my dot com so it's uh, mm-hmm. that's a good question linkedin uh your and so it's also at, on uh, Twitter, that's my social media. I
0: told you I'm old. I'm not there you go. It's all the places you signal. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks so my for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Chess Chris Foss, youtube.com, Chess Chris Foss, and LinkedIn and the big LinkedIn newsletter where we do all our signaling, if you will. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.